Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, emotional energy and managing it. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, Take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, Jan, introduce us to our guest. Jeff, our guest tonight is Dr. Ari Tuckman. He is a clinical psychologist specializing in diagnosing and treating children, teens, and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He's the author of four books, including his newest one titled ADHD After Dark, Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. He is a frequent speaker and has given more than 400 presentations on ADHD as well as other topics. He has over 100 episodes and more than 2 million downloads of his More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. He's a former member of the National Board of CHAD and their current conference co-chair. More information is available online at adultadhdbook.com. That's adultadhdbook.com. Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, as always. I always love you having for these kind of topics. Everybody, you know, I have to tell you, I, when I started Attention Talk Radio decades ago, decades, like 11, 13 years ago, I never dreamed I could actually come up with a weekly content every week. And it's amazing to me that ideas come to me because it's so fascinating. We have these things with ADHD in the world, and there's different perspectives, and there's different ways of looking at it. And sometimes some speak to some more than others, et cetera. And today our topic is really emotional energy and the realization that our emotions and how we feel about ourselves in our day has a lot to do with 
our decision-making and kind of how we manage ourselves. And so I just wanted to have this conversation with Ari to talk about this in general, what he sees, what I see, to bring awareness so that people can say, hey, I got these emotions. I need to kind of take charge of this a little bit. So I'll begin by asking you, Dr. Dr. Tuckman, when you think of emotional energy in clients, what do you think of what, – what comes to mind? How do you conceptualize that? Um, yeah, I think – you know, I think emotional energy, it's sort of like, it's like a gas tank, right? Like you've got a finite amount mm-hmm. in a given day. And, you know, we have all sorts of places where we can spend it. Um, and obviously some of them are, are more productive and more enjoyable than others. Um, so, yeah, you want to sort of be a good shepherd of your emotional energy. I think of it a little bit as it's, there's this energy, and the question is, is how are you using that energy? You can use it in a positive way and or a negative way. And um, you know, it's really, really important about tapping into it and really begin to manage it. But one of the things that I do a lot in talking about is a lot of your energy that you, or your emotions are actually from more like understanding what works for you or not or what doesn't work. So there's a part of our world that we, we look at emotions to drive motivation to get some things done, and they can be helpful but sometimes just energy itself doesn't, doesn't do it, and sometimes that energy can be spent like more in a ruminating manner and kind of – it's just – it's like sitting in your car running the engine and not going anywhere. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah, no, I had exactly that same thought that, you know, someone who's engaged in kind of active problem solving and really trying to figure something out is, you know, using a lot of energy, but someone who's, you know, depressed or anxious and just spinning their wheels – you know, churning, 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 right? They're burning a whole lot of emotional energy as well. The problem is it doesn't really accomplish much and just makes it miserable. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, energy is not always used positively. So in the, in the definition I looked up, it said yeah, emotional energy is how we feel about what is going on in our life. So we were kind of talking about the backside, but from your perspective in working with people with ADHD, and we are generalizing, and there's exceptions to that, my sense is a lot of people with ADHD really struggle with what's going on in their life, so that leads to more negative emotional energy. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. So, you know, to the extent that your ADHD is not well managed and it's affecting your ability to, I don't know, accomplish what you feel like you should accomplish to accomplish what you would like to accomplish. Um, yeah. I mean, it gives you more, more negative experiences, more situations where people are disappointed in what you did or didn't do. And then more situations perhaps where you might also be disappointed in what you did or didn't do. So there's, you said, when your ADHD is not real well managed, I want to say there's there's people where it's not real managed, not managed, and other times where it's not accepted. And I think both of these, if you don't, it leads to a more challenging yeah. life. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think, and you know, like that when not well managed is like the million dollar qualifier, right? So it it kind of reminds me. Um, you know, Rick Green had this awesome line, which I've stolen and used in a bunch of my presentations, but he says, I used to suffer from ADD, now I just have it, um, which I think is awesome, right, because it, it separates out the having it and the feeling terrible in your life. So, you know, half of 
feeling less terrible, of not suffering as much, is legitimately, like, doing some things differently, you know, like get places on time more, be more organized, less scrambling at the last minute, maybe get more sleep, you know, all this stuff that any of us might feel better about. Um, but also, equally, the other half of it is accepting the parts that remain, and none of mm-hmm. us are going to be perfect. So you don't have to be. So I always like to drill down. So we're talking about energy and, you know, how you feel about your life. And underlying that one is not managing it well and the acceptance side. So I'm going to ask you a question, put you on the spot here a little bit. What does it mean to manage ADHD well from your perspective? Yeah, okay, that's an awesome question. Um, (laughs) So my first thought is that I think everybody has to define that for themselves. You know, like, for you, what does it mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, I think as with anything that relates to other people, then it becomes a bit of a balancing act. So, you know, if we take the example of running late, right, that, you know, what I would say is managing ADHD well might mean that someone is aware of the ways that their ADHD and maybe other things kind of impact their ability to be on time that they, you know, are really honest with themselves about the implications of that, um, you know, the price they pay, the effect that it has on others, um, that they're diligent about putting in some real effort to try to do it better. Um, So that's the change side. Then the acceptance Mm -hmm. side is recognizing, you know what, like, this is what it is, right? If, if you need someone who's always on time, I'm not the right guy for the job, you know. So not taking on responsibility for all of how other people feel, you know, and recognizing, you know, like being considerate, sending a text when you're running late. Maybe you don't set up things that are too time sensitive or whatever, right, so like being smart about it. Um, but, you know, kind of recognizing that then the other people need to make their own choices about it. So, um it's not your responsibility to manage other people's happiness. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, if you're acting irresponsible about someone else's happiness, I think at a certain point you can't expect them to continue to be okay with it. So, mm-hmm. like, that, that is the balance. So it gets kind of nuanced and complicated. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like kind of what you're saying. I want to kind of, kind of bring, from my perspective, when I'm working with people with ADHD, well-managed a lot of times when they say well-managed, I think their thought process is they're going to change their behavior to conform or they're going to do it kind of like neurotypicals do. And I'm saying this because emotionally I think that creates a little bit of a problem because you're like, I, want to, I, I don't want to have ADHD. If I manage it well, I'm just going to be like everybody else. And, and as I describe right. it, this is – this is where this imposter syndrome kind of comes out is because I'm trying to fake it to be like a neurotypical when I'm actually not. And I'm saying that is because if you think about how hard it is to be somebody else or being something you're not, that takes an enormous amount of emotional energy and kind of draining. And so the, the, when people are coming to me, I'm often getting a sense of, hey, I need to manage this thing well. And again, they want to be somebody that they're not, and they want to do it like everybody else. And I'm not sure that's actually managing ADD. I find it yeah. a little bit more effective for the people that, okay, I don't do it that way, but I do it this way. Or like I, I say this, when I got into coaching 
in 2007, and everybody's like, you got to you got to be known. You got to you know, write a book or do a blog or something like that. And I'm like, if, if I would have tried to do that, it would have never worked because it's just writing so difficult for me. And so I, I kind of managed my, my challenges by starting this, this podcast and, and attention talk video as a means to do that. So I manage it the way it works for me. But I want to go back to your statement and when it's not well managed, and there's an emotion associated here too of, of many people trying to change themselves, which is motion on top of emotion. I'm not sure that's managing it. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it. I think managing it means what kind of life do I want to live? What do I want mm-hmm. my life to look like? How do I want to be in the world? How do I want to present myself in the relationships that I have? So it's not that this idea that there's the correct neurotypical way of being as if there is only one way, right? Which, so that's like a fallacy anyway, but you know, that you're not aspiring to be something different than you are, but rather to figure out like, how do I want to be in the world? You know, what Mm -hmm. is it that works for me? And I think, you know, like your example that like, you're not a good writer, but you're a great speaker. So, wisely you set yourself up to do a thing that's more about speaking than writing you know like Mm -hmm. you could have banged your head against the wall and said no I have to write a book and it would have sucked and you would have hated it right like it would have Mm -hmm. been a miserable experience and you know it would have been the hard way to go so I mean granted we don't have you know 100% freedom in life but I don't know we have some you know to like take advantage of the options that you have um but I think that also means kind of not beating yourself up over the thing you're not doing. You know, so yep. part of ADHD, it's not just about, oh, now I know I can change. Here are some good ADHD strategies to change it. But it's also kind of the acceptance side of it. And I think that that yep. is equally important. Yes, yes. That's a, and that's a great step, because I want to come back, because when you take a look at emotional energy, what, there's things that actually take away that energy that I want to come back and talk to, and beating yourself is definitely one of them. So let's go to break. Yep. Our secret word tonight is energy. Again, our secret word tonight is energy. And if, you, if you're new to Attention Talk Radio, you've got to go check out Ari's website at adultadhdbook.com. If you're an existing listener, then you have had to have been a doctor – uh, Tuckman's uh, Tuckman's um, URL because he's got a lot of great stuff and you, we've had him. He's probably the most listened to host that we've had on by far. So he's great stuff. So go check his information out again at adultadhdbook.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman. We're here talking about emotional energy and people with ADHD. Beginning the show, we were really kind of defining it and really that your emotional energy is really kind of how you feel about what's going on in your life. So Dr. Tuckman and I talked about, you know, are you managing your ADHD? And there's that notion of are you accepting it? When you take a look at managing, I find a lot of people that are coming to me, they want coaching. When they say manage it, they really want to be like a neurotypical. They want to change. And I'm trying to, to communicate how there's a lot of energy that's spent to do that. And I would argue that it's a bit negative energy um, because if you're not able to do that, it leads to being self-critical um, Worrying and overthinking thing, which actually drains you of, of that energy um, and kind of gets you kind of caught in a cycle. Thoughts on that, Dr. Tuckman? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's sort of, um, you know, a bit of, a bit of guilt or sort of self-accountability or self-criticism I think is good, right? It kind of keeps mm-hmm. us honest and hopefully it keeps us growing. Um, but, you know, that's sort, of, that's sort of when it's going somewhere, right, when it feels, uh-huh. you know, a stretch but doable as opposed to holding yourself to this sort of standard that you're never going to reach, you know. So, like, giving yourself somebody else's standard is really a setup for burning a lot of mm-hmm. energy that doesn't actually make things better and mostly just makes you feel bad about yourself. So, you know, obviously for all of us, there's always that sort of like, you got to try it to figure out, you know, like, mm-hmm. is this doable if I keep working at it? Or is this not? So, I don't know, it's like a random example, but like, there's no amount of working out I could do to become, you know, as big as, let's say, Hugh Jackman. Like, I'll never be recruited to the next Wolverine movie, right? Like, I just <laughs> don't have the genetics. Uh-huh. Even if I had a trainer and I quit my job and I worked out 24 hours a day, like, there's no possibility I could get a, ever get as big as him, you know. Uh-huh. Having yep. said that, I still go to the gym and I eat pretty healthy. And so, like, you know, I don't throw it all away. But, like, if that was my expectation, I'm going to be miserable, mm-hmm. you know, because I won't get there. And then I'm just going to feel bad about myself. And then, I, I don't know, I might just give up and do no exercise, you know. Mm-hmm. So. So it's kind of finding the sweet spot where there's enough of a stretch, but it's still doable. And I think that this is potentially the benefit of an ADHD diagnosis or whatever, is that hopefully it helps people and maybe their partner and family kind of calibrate the right expectations. Mm-hmm. So you, there's there's a few things in here I kind of want to draw. I forgot exactly what you said when you started that, but what popped into my mind was I guess it's Carol Dweck's mindset. You have fixed mindset and growth yeah. mindset, and the fixed mindset is where you're focused on outcome. Did I do this or not? And literally, one of the demarcations is the move from that to learning. If you focus more on what did I learn. Not did I get there. There's a lots of uh-huh. research that talks about the shift that takes place in terms of your productivity and moving forward, but also the emotional energy around that. And the expectations that you had talked about are, are really a, a much a part of that. And so we're still talking about emotional energy, but I'm finding many people with ADHD coming in, and they've got this outcome-based, fixed mindset 
I've got to change myself to be like everybody else. So now we're starting to feel that negative energy that leads to that self-criticism, the ruminating and the worrying, the imposter syndrome. And again, if we begin to think about this a little bit, that in, that, that move into that stuff will lead you to that negative energy, which when some people are getting deep into that, Dr. Tucker, in my sense, sometimes it's exceptionally difficult for them to get out because I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but it's almost like it comes institutionalized. They just go to the negativity. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, it does. I mean, it does. You know, like, look, you have a million experiences in life. It's hard to not feel like you, you know how to predict a million in one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and this is, so this is where, you know, more kind of a depressive mindset begins to set in and, and more of a kind of self-critical, which then, you know, it becomes a thing where when they do have successes or they do have good qualities, they kind of discount them. So this negative mindset becomes, it, it's sort of uh, in, impenetrable, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But this is where, you know, part of what's really cool about working with folks with ADHD is that, you know, the times where people come in for an evaluation and, you know, then they hear officially, yeah, you know, like you think you have ADHD, you know, I mean, people can have lots of reactions to it, but there's definitely a lot of folks for whom it's really a relief, right? There's this mm-hmm. sense of, like, of a weight lifting of all of a sudden the pieces kind of fit together in a different and better way, right? So it's not, I'm broken, I'm a bad person, I'm dumb, I'm, you know, pick your negative adjective, right? It's, oh, this is why. It's this brain wiring genetic thing that I guess Mm -hmm. I do with dopamine or something, right? Like, that is such a different explanation that it becomes this sort of, like, paradigm shift for them, that yes. then it sort of it penetrates that negative mindset and opens up the possibility of new things to do, but also different perspectives to take on the things that remain. Absolutely. So I think this is a really good stopping point for us to make a transition to the other side a little bit about the emotion of accepting ADHD and where that goes. So when I come back and get into that, uh, remember our secret word tonight is energy. And go talk, take a look at Dr. Tuckman's website at adultadhdbook.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. 
Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation about emotional energy and ADHD, trying to put a context, a little bit of a logic in here. And the reason for that is is understanding your emotional energy and getting better um, at is helpful to help you with emotional self-regulation. So like anything else, the more you're aware of something and you understand it, the better you can manage it. And so we're delving into this today to begin to understand it. So again, we're talking about emotional energy and how you feel about your life and the idea of, you know, are you managing it well and are you accepting it? And as we started talking about are you managing it well, I think a lot of people's expectations are on the outcome compared to neurotypicals and the conforming to that and the imposter syndrome and all the energy, sometimes negative emotion that are going towards that. I want to switch around now to the um, to having the emotional energy of owning your ADHD. And one of the things that the way I like to articulate this in a way um, to understand is I talk about ADHD is like living in a paradox. If you sit there and say, I should do this, and you might say I should do this, and that's typical for people with ADHD on a repetitive boring task, which is hallmarks of things that you struggle with. So I should do my laundry, clean up, da, 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 da. When you say I should do that, if you actually never do that, that's a contradictory statement. It's a paradox. And so if you have ADHD and say, I should do that, but I'm not going to do that, it actually puts you in a position of new possibilities. Like earlier we talked about, I should write a book to promote my coaching business, but I'm not going to do that. That opens me up to do something different. And the reason I'm saying this and emphasizing this is there's a lot been said about there's one thing to know a lot about ADHD. It's something different to own your ADHD. And Dr. Tuckman, one of the things that I have found is when people make that cross from knowing something about ADHD and letting go of expectations and trying to conform to be like everybody else, and they make it over and they accept it, all of a sudden there's a monkey that jumps off, off of their back and the emotional energy tide shifts in the other direction. Thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely true, right? Because a lot of emotional energy gets tied up and burned in that thing that they're not going to do. So, you know, uh, I've sort of talked about this um, in presentations about ADHD relationships and talks with clients as well. But, you know, it's sort of the, the line that I've kind of come up with, and I use this in a few different contexts, but um, it's don't believe everything your spouse says, right? So <laughs> it's kind of the situation where, you know, the this, this stereotypical situation is a partner with ADHD says, yes, honey, I will do that thing. Um, and then this, the non-ADHD spouse believes them because they want to believe them. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like, why did you believe them? First of all, why did you say it and make the promise? But why did you believe it, right? Like history doesn't support the idea that this is going to work out. Um, but I've had the same exact conversation with individuals about kind of these things that they feel like they should do, they hold themselves to it, but, but not sort of pausing to really assess is this actually a thing that's likely to happen? Mm-hmm. Is this a thing that I, even if it could happen, am I committed to making it happen? And, you know, because maybe the answer is I'm not, right? Maybe the reason why mm-hmm. you don't get to it is because it's just not making the cut. It's not that it doesn't have any value. It's mm-hmm. just not, again, it's not making the cut. It's not crossing the threshold 
to become a thing that actually happens. So sometimes the better thing is to just sort of let it go, at least for now, um, to just say, like, okay, this is not going to happen. I accept it. I understand the consequences. This is the choice that I am making, as opposed to sort of letting circumstances make the choice. Well, ran out of time today. Guess I'm not doing yep, it. Yep. Um, you know, so, like, own it. Just own yep. it. So this leads to uh, something I'm going to kind of broach on is I – so what we're talking about is understanding the emotions and stepping out of it and kind of questioning some of that stuff sometimes. And I know one of the things that I do as a coach is, is I'm trying to work with clients and let's remove emotional judgment of ourselves. Let's look at objective fact. And I'm going to, I'm going to share with you a, a scenario that happens a lot. When I do, if you've listened to the show, you know I'm a huge um, Dr. Barkley fan, and you know I talk a lot about working memory, a lot about working memory. And one of the challenges for people with ADHD is thinking inside of their head by themselves, and they often do very well when they're collaborating with other people. In other words, they're talking out loud and collaborating with other other people. I've worked with people before where I've said, hey – you realize you talk out loud. Every time you talk out loud, you solve problems. And I'll send them off on, you know, let's run an experiment, experiment. And it's, it, the, the, the data is, it works, it works, it works, it works, it works, it works, it works. And it's interesting because it works. I'm, and I don't, I'm not trying to tell them it doesn't work. I'm just, look at the proof, look at the proof, look at the proof. Is it working? Yeah, it, it does. What's interesting is I'll coach people like that and they'll admit it, but they'll go back and think inside their head. In other words, they go back and try to do it just like neurotypicals do. And I'll go back and I'll say, well, you know, you're not owning this. And she says, but I don't want to be like that. And it's funny because I go, but if you think about it, you've been like that your entire life. You've instinctively been ta- talking out loud back in the old days when you, you didn't know what was mm-hmm. going on, and you're still doing it. So don't say it doesn't happen. It happens all the time. That's why we have meetings in society and dot, dot, dot. And it's interesting to me. Because even in this, these situations, this is where that the evidence is obvious. If you, I mean, again, and I see it all the time. Some of you guys might be doubting me, but human beings, we collaborate. Like teachers are there to make learning easy. It's really kind of obvious. But it's this emotional energy sometimes of these people crossing over and really understanding that, yeah, I think out loud. That's really kind of what I do. And the emphasis of this today is when you're really struggling with emotional energy, you're probably going to find yourself in a very negative place, being very self-critical, being really hard on yourself, trying to be like everybody else. And if you want that more positive emotional energy, this is this mindset shift that takes place. I'm not going to say it's an easy one. This is what Dr. Tuckman helped people with. I helped them with in order to make that shift. And this is all about that awareness of moving to the other side. Not easy, but you can begin to see the black and white of how this works a little bit and maybe have a face. Is that anything to add to that, Doctor? Yeah. It's it's effectively. Yeah, no, I think it, it totally. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it totally makes sense. And this, you know, even your client who says, "Well, I don't want it to be that way," but that's fine. You don't have to want. It. <laughs> There's lots of things in life I don't I don't want them to be that way, and yet here we are, right? So, so it. So the, the thing of do you want it to be that way is sort of a different question, right? That's not actually the question that we're asking. The mm-hmm. question that we're asking is are you better served by accepting this and, you know, in this case, you know, solving problems by talking them out rather than thinking them by yourself, or are you better served by continuing to try to do it this other way of thinking it out yourself? So, 
you know, like, so that, that is the question. Um, and I think that sometimes we get stuck on the wrong question. And that's why, you know, we're sort of not happy and it doesn't change. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, today's show was really a lot about bringing some awareness to emotional energy. And, hey, you can make a choice. If you start to go – if you have a negative view of your life, it, it, you're probably looking at yourself not accepting your ADHD. You're not doing a lot about – you're trying to conform to everybody else, and you're losing a lot of energy, and you're getting very self-critical. The other side is, is to own it and move to their side. There is one comment mm-hmm. that I would like to note that is – I love Dr. Barkley's model because it explains itself, and that is ruminating. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, from what I've learned from his model, and you know, I, I think we've done this before, Ari, where I've – well, I haven't done this. A lot of times somebody's call me up, and I'll say, tell you what, let's run a little attention exercise. Can you calculate three to the power of five? Okay? And they'll go, oh, shit. And then they'll start going, and then they go, I can't do it. I said, well, notice is that if you're going to calculate 3 to the power of 5, you've got to go, okay, 3 times 3 is 9, times 3 is 27, times 3. And you're calculating that, then you begin to lose track of how many times you've multiplied 3 times the equation. Right. That's actually working memory. To do that in your head, if you're on a piece of paper, piece of cake, that's impaired. But I go to people and I say, you'll notice how when you said, oh, shit, that was an emotional reaction that you had. Because thinking was going to be difficult. So that was a, the emotional response because you really wanted to escape from it. Where I'm going with this is when you are worrying, kind of think about you're running simulations in your hand. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? Da, 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 da. And you can't hold that all in your head. It's difficult enough to cal- calculate three to the power of five, much less all the different scenarios that you could have in a situation. So people have a tendency to go over. And my point of this really is, is when you're ruminating – you're typically going around in circles trying to use your working memory to think through something. All that does is create more emotional drain, whereas sometimes you should get up and go talk to somebody to, fix, to solve the problem or get it out. So that, 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 that thing that if you're sitting there and you're finding yourself ruminating, you're doing a lot of thinking inside of your head, which is impaired, there tends to be an emotional reaction to that, and you'll have a tendency to go to a negative place. Now, this is just the world according to Jeff, and Ari, you're probably going, you're just wacko. But anyway, thoughts <laughs> on that? I mean, like, I mean it's, 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 yeah. please explain what's going on. Yeah, no, I mean, I like the example because, I mean, it is a working memory challenge, right, just sort of simplistically on the face uh-huh. of it, right, because you're not only doing the math of the threes, but you're also tallying, you know, power of one, power of two, power of three. Yep. So, um. So, you know, if, if you take the problem as stated, then you get stuck, right? I can't mm-hmm. keep track of all that stuff in my working memory. But, you know, but the thing of it is, do you have to, right? Could you get out a piece of paper and even either scribble it out or even just do tick marks? Or, uh-huh. you know, could you use your fingers, right? Like you use your on your hand, right? You tick out, you know, like power yep. three, power four, power five. Um, or could you ask the other person, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing the, the multiplication. You tell me when I hit the fifth one, um, yep. you know, so it's sort of like, it's that thinking beyond and like the point of anxiety is anxiety is about the future. It's about thinking through potential or mm-hmm. likely or actual circumstances and 
preparing ourselves for it. If this happens, what do I do? If that happens, what do I do? So that we're ready beforehand and we can act now to change what's going to happen later. That's the good side of anxiety. And a little bit of anxiety is good. You know, I've got this big test tomorrow. I I don't know the material. I should probably go through it again. Um, Mm -hmm. Where it becomes rumination is you're just traveling the same circle. Now, you don't have new ideas and you don't have new information. You're just traveling the same circle that wasn't helpful the first 50 times you went around. So so it's that ability to hopefully, you know, to kind of step back and say, um, what else can I do here, right? What mm-hmm. is new information I need? What is another thing I could do? Or even to just sort of tap out and say, you know what, right now I don't know what to do with this, so I'm just going to walk away. We don't always have this luxury, but I'm going to walk away. I'm going to let this brew in the back of my mind. I'm going to see what else happens, and maybe I'll have some new ideas later. But, you know, that's easier said than done. And part of rumination is it's so emotionally sticky that it's hard to let it go. It's so compelling Mm -hmm. that we don't want to walk away. We can't stop ourselves from it. So well said. But looping back around, that's why self-awareness is such a huge particular of life stuff. The more self-aware you are, the more you're able to do something about it, which is what we were trying to bring self-awareness to this loop that's kind of going with come to emotional energy. So if it's if you're identifying with this, you got a lot of negative energy and you're like it's exaggerated. Listen, the the owning the ADHD, moving the other side, and actually helping you get finding people to help you think through how to get through that stuff's the way to make it happen. So with that. Dr. Tuckman, any last last comments before we close it out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just I hope that this gave people some stuff to think about, some stuff to reflect on, and hopefully a thing in the next couple of days to go, ooh, there it is. Yes. I just did that. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, or aha. I love that. So anyway, right. with that, thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Tuckman. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, everybody. Our secret word tonight is energy. Again, energy. Hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.